0: Keep it cool, keep it cool, keep it cool, keep it cool.
1: <laughs> I understand, man. This show was so damn good. It had me breaking protocol. Even if I am excited or got a lot to say, I don't call you. I kind of keep it simple. We just kind of do our little, you make your comment. Hmm. I'll make my comment. I'm... I was trying to be good. I was like, don't call him. I was like, typing some notes. Mm, I'm going to call him. Don't call him. I was just still watching it. Put some more notes. Mm, that's good. Don't call him. Don't don't do it. Don't no I gotta call I gotta call him. Don't, don't do it. Like screw it. I'm gonna call him. i call him. He'll be busy uh, anyway. I might get his voicemail, so I'll just blow up his voicemail and you answer. The I'm like,
0: only reason I didn't blow up your phone last <laughs> night is <laughs> cause I finished it at fucking midnight and I was like <laughs> Show some restraint. Show
1: uh, some restraint. You know I took the call too, but uh <laughs> man who? Knew? Okay. Okay. You know what? Okay. Let's not play around. Um, yep. Right good to see it. you. Let's get it. Five, four, three, two. All right. So we're back again for another one. And tonight I have with me Ryan, the geek extraordinaire, Aiden. I am your father. Uh, Man, I Star Wars someplace. connoisseur,
0: connoisseur, because uh, then I can sample the parts that are good. That's right, and and leave the other bits behind.
1: That's right, that's right. Yeah. You are definitely a tastemaker when it comes to this genre, uh, for <laughs> sure. Tastemaker, yeah, yeah.
0: And just for gentle listeners, as a tone set, we're gonna start <laughs> off or try to nice and calm and laid back, and this is the counteract, the expected hype and excitement about how much the two of us enjoyed episode 10 and the third arc for Andor. And I know this, not only because I, of course, know my Mm feel-feels, but for the behind the scenes, normally we watch an episode, we text each other, I've seen it, let me know when you've (laughs) seen it, let's schedule a time. And tonight, Jay broke the (laughs) protocol. This guy called me on my phone. My phone. He used it to talk to me. To be like, yo, I saw it. Oh my God, it's good. I'm like, yeah, I know. And we had to stop ourselves from just doing an episode over the phone and not recording it. So you're welcome. We showed restraint.
1: I was weak. The show was that good. And I was itching the whole time just watching. And I'm thinking like, I'm gonna call him. And I'm like, no, no, don't do it. that's not cool because you're gonna say everything you're gonna say, save it for later, watch it a little more. And they're like, oh, that's good. I'm gonna call him, I'm gonna call him. Just to say hi, you know, just, let's see what Ryan's right? up to at nine o'clock at night. Let's just check in on him, see what's up. <laughs> Ironically, listening
0: to one of Jay's episodes, it was, it was the Atlanta Bill Cosby tangent. And I was like, he's calling me and I'm in the middle of one of his episodes, rude. <laughs> funny
1: Aww. man that's funny
0: this fucking show man so i i again just pulled up imdb because i wanted to make sure i had you know the actors names and stuff and the character names and stuff right and it was and it was showing the queue of episodes and i had to refresh it because they didn't have the name for episode 10 last time i had it up mm-hmm. and so 10 comes up but they also have the star ratings this is just imdb oh. so take it grain of sand mm-hmm. but you can see a very interesting pattern of like the first three episodes start like the mid sevens like 7.4 7.6 and then the third one right the Mm -hmm. third one in the arc like jumps up into eight and then the next one jumps down to the mid to high sevens and then every time like the third part of an arc drops Uh it jumps back up like a whole star and this last one is rated as as a 9.6 episode 10 at least as of today when i looked at it now is at 9.6 and they're right
1: yes (laughs) yes they are that's crazy so that's that's showing that people are watching it like that then they are they are digging in but waiting for it to hit that climax and get to that ending before they kind of get their overall feelings of it which is fair because really that's the way it's being presented even though they're not saying that that's what that's how it's really being presented
0: so there's this one guy I, I'm friends with on Facebook, uh, Michael Rabel. He he works for Cinequest down in San Jose. So okay. he puts together, like, the selection of what films are going to go into the program every year. Like, he really knows his stuff. A very, has a very refined taste, if you want a taste maker, So he, and he says in this post, like, Andor is, like, the best thing he's ever seen out of Star Wars, and yeah. he doesn't like Star Wars. Like he's like, oh, wow. I enjoyed maybe four of the movies. Doesn't watch any of the other stuff. Like he's not a Star Wars person. Yeah. But apparently he is watching Andor, and he's like, this is fucking amazing.
1: It's just, <laughs> and it's
0: like good. Yes.
1: Yeah. It, it, I don't know if I could call it even television, but it's just great television. E- even if yeah. it wasn't Star Wars, if he was to say that he, you know.
0: Just like go watch this great sci-fi show. It's a right. fucking blast. Like
1: right, and it just messes with your senses because of the way it looks, the way it's styled, and everything, and then also even like the it's almost like the '70s kind of trippy sci-fi music that's going on in the background. It's just, it's just it's just hitting on so <laughs> many different levels. It's like yeah, just you know, it's yeah, it, it's it's aware of everything. It's not leaving anything left to you know like oh the visuals are good or the you know the direction is great so don't worry about the sound or the sound is yeah, great yeah, don't worry about there's... the direction they covered everything from the score yes. everything is on point it's like when you watch this sometimes what we have and i don't like referring to other shows and stuff but i i gotta do it just for reference but like yes okay we're watching book of boba fett <laughs> And i made this comment about the kids having those glossy candy apple red scooters and stuff and it looked like it didn't match the world and oh, all that kind of stuff yeah. and it threw everything off like mm-hmm. this is totally on point it has everything that, if it's there it makes sense mm-hmm. even if it's even if it's not the world i even thought yep. it would be in my mind's eye they're showing it to me and they're putting it in a way where i understand how it fits and why it fits you know, nothing stands out. Everything, everything is crossed and dotted. Like I said, from the sound, from the look, from the character, from the character development. For this to be such a busy show with so much going on and so many things going wrong and happening with so many different people. For it to naturally go through these things without any outside forces or somebody getting dumbed down or, or something to make a plot work, mm-hmm. which which is happening a lot in things now. It's like we can't ride our way out of it, so let's just make somebody dumb and let's just tip the scale and you could see their finger on the scale, so you know they're messing yep. with it
0: versus He's gonna hand hand a character the Exa- idiot ball. You're exactly. the idiot this episode.
1: Instead of just Go making it right the through story or, or even letting the person even play into their own nature to get themselves in or out of the problem. Instead, they're doing acts of God that is so obvious and it just takes you away and it disrespects the character and the show. So yeah. when we have this, that is almost like, you know how they got those um, new technology with CGI and everything and they have things mm-hmm. where... Say if it's like a car accident or somebody's crashing or something like that or they need somebody to get hurt, right? And they got these like um, CGI dummies that react. You put in the Uh, information and they should have the same kind of reaction as a real person would, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not tweaked or anything, but it's kind of saying if you got this kind of force and this kind of stoppage and the character weighs this much and the car is built out of this kind of material crunches and all this other kind of stuff. It's a
0: highly simulated ragdoll.
1: Yes, yes. This is like that and it's just like okay let's put them in some crazy situations and let's see how logically get out of that situation even if it's messy or dirty how would it naturally react to the situation not how you would want the perfect situation for the outcome you want and like i said doing that act of god in there but staying Mm -hmm. out of it and letting it fall where it falls due to the situation that it is in and this show is that
0: Yeah, like to to your whole thing about you know you're not having to like uh, we're gonna make this character do something out of character or have them act dumb suddenly like everybody's acting smart, everybody's acting within character and to their own interests, Mm -hmm. right? Like within within sort of tabletop like running D and D campaigns. Like Mm -hmm. I was talking to my buddy Arthur; he's running D and D campaign and. Like, he had to tell his players, like, yeah, you you should expect my bad guys to, one, want to win, and <laughs> want to kill you. And also, they will sometimes run away like actual people. Like, if they get their hit points are low enough and they've got an exit strategy, they're going to execute on that exit strategy even if they're winning. Right? Yeah. They're just like, nope, nope, getting, getting the fuck out. So, taking that same approach and writing every single character to be internally consistent and intelligent mm-hmm. so for example so with the intelligence bureau the isb we've seen these meetings and the the redhead in the room uh, lonnie mm-hmm. right he's one of the, the other sector chiefs and he's kind of been in the background occasionally chimes in but it's i think it's episode nine really now where the isb has come across a rebel plot they've picked up a pilot they interrogated the pilot right it's set up like in might even be as early as seven that they caught a guy send so-and-so to interrogate it or it was an eight but they've got it they've got a plot they're gonna go and like pretend like they didn't catch the guy they're gonna They're going to fake his death. Mm -hmm. They're going to pretend like he had a shuttle accident. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're just going to let him be found. Like, oh, we didn't find the plot. Go, please go ahead and continue with your rebel plot so we can catch you in the act. Mm -hmm. And Lonnie's got this interest because he's in the room.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And he's like, you know, to make sure that we're acting our part as Imperials, like If we found, we learned a ship had come in like this, we would go and inspect it. So we should be consistent and send a team to visibly go inspect it. So the rebels aren't like, why didn't the Imperials inspect it?
1: Right. We should move how we move. And that's
0: like, okay, we should move how we move. I'm like, "Mm, okay. The tracks also weird, but okay. (laughs) It was like, "Mm, okay, no, it, it works. And that's an that's episode, I think, eight. And then yes. it's in ten or it's in nine, whichever one it was. But then in this last episode of the arc, we find out Lonnie's working for Luthen. And it's <laughs> just so fucking good. Because now what recontextualizes that is, like, was he trying to warn the rebels? Because when he meets with Luthen, yes. like, he's like, hey, da 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 He's like, why are you really coming to him? He's like, all right, look we found out about about this plot like you have to warn them like they're gonna Mm -hmm. get fucking wiped out and this luthan so again i love my spy shit and this is total spy shit where Mm -hmm. it's like oh the other side has learned we're going to do a thing but we've learned that they know if we act Like we figured it out that they're going to come and counteract our action. Yep. Then they will know we have someone on the inside and that will put them onto our mole, which is you, Lonnie. So I can either decide to protect you Mm -hmm. and your little beautiful family (laughs) or I can let 50 men die and I can get 50 more men. I can't get you. Yeah, you're worth like, more than fifty, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're
0: worth way more than fifty. And it's like, and Lottie's trying to get out. He's just like, I can't, I can't fucking hack this. Like it, it sounds like six years he's been working his way up in ISB, and he's like, now he got a kid, and it's like, this is, this is too fucking real now. Like, if this goes sideways, like my whole family gets fucked. Like, I want out. I'm just gonna quit the ISB. Like, and I'm done with you guys. I'm done. Too scary now. And Luthen's like, using they're going to let you walk away, which is also like, I'm not letting you walk away. Like you're staying. It's like, Oh,
1: okay. So, okay. We're going to come back to this only because I'm trying to be good.
0: Go in order. <laughs> Going order. <on over>. Because <laughs> that last scene needs to be last. Yes, like, we'll get yes, to the other it, part it's of that scene. So,
1: it's so much that I want to say. And I know if we start diving into that and start tearing that in part in a good way, digging in, mm-hmm. that we will not go back. I know nope. that. I nope. know that. Because that's the you're, first thing we went right. to in our little quick right. phone call. You're right. Straight for the neck. Straight for the neck. All right.
0: Restraint.
1: So, okay. So, just to be right. First of all, we're talking about Andor. Yes. (laughs) We're talking about episode eight, nine and 10. Okay. We're discussing like three parts that Mm -hmm. kind of gives a whole arc. One, and two,
0: three, then four, five, six, seven, seven. is a transition episode. And yes, yes. eight, nine, ten is eight our third ten. arc.
1: And we on eight, nine, ten. And boy, okay. Let's start like this. So, for eight and nine, well, we'll start with eight, but we see that we have two tornadoes that's been ripping through this show since the beginning come to a head. They meet. Oh, Right?
0: Oh. right? Dude, episode eight is fucking amazing for being like, hey, these two characters, Cyril Cyril. and Lieutenant Deidre, is like, yeah, you've been rooting for them because they're the underdogs within their organizations and they're not recognized and they're doing good stuff and they're like really dedicated and they're like, they're fucking monsters. And
1: they've (laughs) been stirring for this whole time. And you know what? I don't know why. But I never thought that they would even ever collide. I didn't even think that they were just doing their little, their little thing from their side of the room. So not knowing that they would ever meet and not that even the meeting even happened the way I thought it would happen or the totality of that meeting didn't necessarily, and it's not over yet, but even that meeting didn't quite work out the way I thought it was going to be. But the fact that it came together was beautiful, beautiful. And the thing is, that reaction that they had to each other was very honest and true versus Mm -hmm. how somebody else would have handled this. It would have been like, you're chocolate. I'm peanut butter. Let's make Reese's. Right. (laughs) Instead of that, the chocolate was like, "Mm, you seem kind of weird, peanut butter. I don't know you.
0: Yeah, we might Deidre's be great like, together, but... Deidre's like, no. I'm water. And, and Cyril's <laughs> but like, but I'm not oil. And she's like, you're fucking oil. Right. We are not the same.
1: I do not know you. Are like, you stalking go back, me? Right. Go
0: back to doing your little side job.
1: Right. We'll recon- call
0: you. Don't call us.
1: Right, right. And she's recognizing his offness. Now, any, any other show, they'd have been like, we're going to exploit this guy because he got this information. And he's for the team. You know, it didn't work like that. And so the fact that was even resistance to it or her even recognizing like he might be too much or even how to even fold him in or even if she should fold him in. The fact that's even a thought for her and almost feeling uncomfortable and how she's trying to use her rank to act stronger than she actually is. And when she gets away from him and to herself and she kind of like exhales is you could see like, you know, was she uncomfortable? Because she was like a woman or was she uncomfortable because he was too much and didn't know what it actually meant. Is it going too fast? So I mm-hmm. love that they showed that side of that. I love that. It gave that perspective of it. Like it was some extra stuff going on to that versus just letting a guy come in there and we're going to team up and get those guys. It wasn't right? that easy. And I love no. that the reaction was what it was. It was very refreshing.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's going next level creeper because I yeah. think it's nine where he waits outside the ISB offices and clearly yes. he's waited there multiple times yes. to try and catch her and be like, "Hey, I felt a vibe. We're on the same page." And she's like, "You fucking weirdo! Like, stay the hell away from me, or I will have you arrested." Yeah. Like wild yeah. fucking wild like i i got the fervor from him of like law and order yeah but man yes. doesn't know how to read the room
1: right 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 and um being that that we know how he is we understand where that's coming from so we don't read that as him being straight creepy like we know he's creepy but we kind of know where this comes from you know he has a lot to prove and so he doesn't know oh, how to show yeah. restraint When it comes time to you know it's almost kind of like if it was you we're we're
0: both creatures of ambition right i I, I don't think he said that but like that was the the vibe of the conversation like yo yes
1: something about having a passion but if it's not tempered correctly it could come off crazy and people read it different even though it might be the same energy and the same focus somebody else may have if it's not tempered the right way it could come Uh off very crazy another thing and and i'm going to quote a group that I really enjoy, uh, Hall and Oaks. You know, I think it was in episode eight, we found out that uh, Val is a rich girl and you're gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> that so, so, and a I, cousin to Mon,
0: <laughs> yeah. See, that's see, I picked up that she was a rich girl when her and <laughs> Cinta were talking. What was it on ferrix yeah, right? Uh-huh. And it's like, and Cinta's like, I'm gonna stay here, I'm gonna watch what's going on at ferrix with the Imperials, yeah. You you go on and and look for Andor, you know. Go go do the other stuff. But she's like, but don't should I stay here with you? And and you know, it's it's the like, look, we were bunk mates, and like, I'd probably keep being your bunk mate. But we're in the goddamn rebellion, and right. I am for the rebellion first. Right? It's like we don't get all those other comforts until this is done. Vel's like, ugh, fuck. But Cinta references like she's not a rich girl running away, right? We're alluding that Vel is the rich girl running away. Exactly. They they sprinkled that little thing in there. And then, so when she shows up in Mon Mothma's abode, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, oh, she's that rich girl. Okay. That was so, so well done.
1: It's just, it's It's not
0: just like Mon Mothma on her own. It's like, Mm oh there's other people from chandrilla from her very rich family that are also mm-hmm. like yeah this empire shit is bullshit.
1: yeah yeah and she's trying to give her cousin a little you know pretend to be a rich girl for a little while you know what i mean it's like you need to keep up that side of it maybe think of what alfred said to batman about hey you, <laughs> you need to you need to take care of the bruce wayne Right, facade. You know, you gotta keep that up too. You can't just walk around being Batman all the time. So I kind of dug that little conversation.
0: I I feel like that's a little bit of Mon Mothma's like, empathy and sympathy Mm -hmm. really coming out. Like, I feel like that drives 90% of what she does is she genuinely cares about other people, even the ones she doesn't know personally, right? Mm -hmm. That's what, what drives her morality and everything else. So she knows... Or think she knows what Val is up to, even though Val doesn't be like, yeah, I was part of that whole, like, uh, bank heist thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, go go be soft, right? right? Go go be the rich girl, not only for your own protection, because then people will not suspect what you're doing, but also just go and be happy for a little while. like. Right. Because I'm sure for her, Mon Moth is also like, yeah, I'm putting up with a fake facade all the time, but I mean, yeah. at least I'm doing it in creature comforts.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: and it's yes. Vel that gives Mon Mothma the pet talk, like, we're fighting the darkness and making something of our lives. And it's like, that's saying something. Because, like, again, that's probably Vel more than Mon Mothma, because Mon Mothma is like, I'm a fucking senator. Mm-hmm. But for both of them it's not just like oh i'm a senator so i have wealth and power it's like i'm a senator so i can affect positive change so yeah it's writing on this fucking show there's literally like a facebook page that has come up in my feed repeatedly where they're just like here's quotes from a whole scene in andor and it's like yep even on paper it's fucking fire
1: yeah. Yeah. I found myself writing down half of them and I'm just like, oh, that's just, it's just like, it's just so <laughs> there's, much there's
0: too many good lines yes. and it's not just lines, but whole exchanges of dialogue, right? Yes, yes. Like a zinger, cool, fun, haha. But like, these are like emotionally charged scenes.
1: Yes. And what they're saying is just <sighs> so relevant to today. And, and I can't help, but notice it. And it's just very inspiring. To witness and to hear, and also with this, it's just interesting that how we went from a show that was kind of like from the beginning a man with no name, right? Mm-hmm. And then it turned to a heist movie or quote show, you know, right? Like you, the heist, and then we get into the the third part, which is a prison show, <laughs> <laughs> right? The prison show where they even got the old wise guy that's on his last leg, that's just trying oh. to you know, old Billy. You know, like Billy oh, is too old to be there and he's still chuckling along and trying to you young guys, we, we, you know, like his, his life is pretty much over. And it's almost kind of like, if you, the young guy that's coming in, you look at Billy to know what your future is going to be. If you like it or not, that's what that, that's what that symbolized. Like you're young and you're seeing how you bright eyed and think you're going to get out of there and look over to the left and you see Billy and that's your man, ending. They
0: did. <sighs> They did such a great job with... I, I don't know what the character's... Is it Billy? I no, I'm being
1: funny. But let's call I, him Billy. I'm... He's the old man. So
0: <laughs> let, let's set the scene. So Andor gets brought into the prison on... Uh, I don't know. Nandor 5 or something like that. And there's multiple of these prisons. They're like these weird sort of like pylon islands in this lake. But they're brought down to separate floors and separate rooms where they're basically assembling imperial machinery. And I'm pretty sure they're assembling part of TIE Fighters because mm. they're making this weird sort of Hex. hexagonal hub piece yeah. like that I'm pretty sure is part of the um, stabilizers for a TIE Fighter. Mm-hmm. But there's six people at each station. and billy's one of them and they're just like cranking these things out for like 12 hour shifts Mm -hmm. right just forever and there's so many times where instead of everyone resenting billy and you see cassian do this specifically of like oh let me help you like they're keeping him up because he's gonna get out soon yeah so they want him to make it to get out yes so you empathize with them caring about him, but also like you're rooting for him through them so that when eventually he just dies of a fucking stroke. Cause he's just so fucking old and overworked literally to death yes. that it hits harder <laughs> and then the other part of that scene kicks in, which is like, <laughs> oh, there it is.
1: Yes. Because we find out that his death was pretty much the best way out of the situation. Because yeah. there's a rumbling of something going on. And I love how, in between their shifts, they're in these these hallways, right? And these hallways have have windows. And the this other place is floors huge. up above. Yeah, and this massive. place is huge. And they worked out some kind of sign language system where they kind of chatting to each other from, from afar. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, it's crazy. It's crazy. But just That's vision... episode eight. They established that. Yes. Right
0: away. The yes. first time they're going through, you got one of the guys at his table, mm-hmm. like you doing uh, the YMCA through the glass to right. the other people. Right. We find out that one of the other floors, like everyone's agitated and one of the other floors, they f- ride because all the floors in the prisoner sections can be electrified and that's their compliance routine Mm -hmm. and so they find out that like everyone's upset what's going on what's going on what's going on and they find out from the doctor that is called in to let billy go gently Mm -hmm. that what happened on two was that someone got cycled out, like their time was up. They all got clocks in their little beds. How soon they get out of the prison. Someone got transferred.
1: They were on four, and then they got transferred, to.
0: And they were were supposed to be leaving, and when their time was up, they just said, nope, you're going down to floor two. You're not leaving the prison.
1: Right, and they realized Uh he was from another floor.
0: And all of floor two was like, what the fuck? And so they hit the switch and fried everyone they killed a hundred prisoners just to keep that quiet and that's that comes out Mm -hmm. because the doctor's like oh well poor billy here this is the only way out and you Mm -hmm. know uh andy circus jesus christ i at first when andy circus shows up Mm -hmm. i was like really you're okay this like andy circus i feel like is an underrated actor Oh, yes, he is, he is really fucking good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're having him here. All right. All right. So there's... so he's the floor captain for mm-hmm. and or shift. And he's the one basically like he's basically like middle management. He's like, hey, everyone mm-hmm. just fucking behave. Do your job. We'll all get out of this. We all got our time card. We're going to get out. We're going to get out. Just stay on program. Stay on program. Comply, comply, comply. Right. And he just monitors the floor. Make sure, you know, the different tables are up. And he's the one sort of, like, slowing Andor's role of, like, trying to do do a rebellion within the prison. Mm -hmm. And he's there when Billy dies. And he hears the doctor say, that's the only way any of us are getting out of here. And he's like, what? He's like, well, so what happened on two? Because Andor's there. And he's like, what happened on two? You should know. And it's like, they fucking fried everyone. They found out that none of us are getting out. Mm -hmm. And they... They got agitated and they killed all of them with a switch
1: right so intercut with all this stuff is the fact that we go back to andor's kind of home oh fair and we see the assault on his friends and family Mm -hmm. due to them having and knowing information about him and at first i was thinking like why is he not giving them any information you know what i mean like he's coming to see him i'm gonna take you with me you're not gonna come i'm gonna leave and you know sometimes when people are gonna leave they'd be like well i'm going here if you need me or i'll call back tuesday and you let me know he was just didn't say anything so when i first i thought it was kind of weird when his like kind of surrogate yeah. mom he didn't explain to her how he was involved in all that kind of stuff i thought it was kind of weird but he was on point and yeah and it came in handy because they came out there and tortured all his friends and family to get those answers you know what i thought it was going to be because it was kind of like and this was on episode i think 9 and so when this was happening I thought I was going to close out because the whole time we, we see them working on, on a you know, the prisoners on working bricks. on this thing. You don't know what they're doing exactly. They're working on something. And oh, so, yeah.
0: The technician in the background.
1: Right. So what I thought, you know, the way they were intercutting it, I thought the thing that they were assembling was going to, piece, going to be a piece to a torture device that they were using on the folks. But I seen that it was only like a little headpiece that they were using and they were kind of I, messing with their brain.
0: I thought they were going to bring back the torture droid. Oh, from, okay. from a new hope, right? Yeah. That Vader tortures Leia with.
1: Yeah. I was yeah. like, are
0: they gonna bring that out? Yeah. And they but... didn't, and it was so much better and so yes. much more
1: horrible. Yes, yes, but yeah, but that's what I thought he was gonna do. Cause I thought it was gonna tie in and be like, oh, he's building the, the actual thing that's gonna be hurting us, you know. And they didn't. They, they didn't they didn't go
0: and explain it. No. here's the origin of the torture droid. Yeah, this is the doctor that made it. It's but, like, no, here's a totally other person that also made a horrible thing
1: they zig when you think they're gonna zag they're playing with us they're knowing the tropes they're doing and then they're on purpose being messy and switching it they are going 200 miles per hour and hitting the brakes like (laughs) on a dime on a dime like and and the amazing
0: thing is so this torture device this uh it's so monstrous and it's the scientist technician that's there just explains it like he's talking about the newest vacuum on the market.
1: Right. And right.
0: instead, it's like, oh, we went to this whole planet and we found this sentient species there that we like couldn't communicate with. And eh, they got uppity. So we just, like, wiped them out. But, like, apparently... They make these horrible screams. Like, it's it's part of, like, how they communicate. And, like, we found these random technicians that, like, were, like, <laughs> up in a crawl space, like, naked and gibbering to themselves because they heard too much of it. So we took those recordings, and we found, you know, just the worst parts of it. The absolute horrible worst parts. And apparently, it's it's the sounds of them dying. Like being tortured and like i got the impression of like please don't kill our children exactly like there was some line like that and it's yeah. like oh my god so anyway we remixed it like a dj like an evil dj <laughs> and so freak it, freak it, freak it. <laughs> you're gonna listen to it and you know there'll probably be some permanent damage but like what'll be a few minutes for us will feel like an eternity for you so i'm just gonna turn this on for you no big deal let us let us know when you want to talk boop <laughs> And just get bricks when they turn it on, just like her whole body locking up and just like screaming, mm-hmm. and then it like cuts out and it's just like, oh fuck! Man. So
1: and, well done. And that administrator, he was so giddy about it because Deidre's like, you know, you know, basically, you're not gonna get the answers out of me, and she's like, yeah. Because she said, regardless well, of what I say, you're not going to believe me, regardless. That's so what it was. It
0: was like, it was like yeah, you're, even if I tell you, you're not going to believe me. Exactly. So she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not. So that guy was so like, was like, okay. we're just going <laughs> to torture you anyway. And it's like, oh, she's
1: like, yeah, She was like, you're up next. And he was like, okay. <laughs> He's all happy rubbing his hands together. Right. And, and they did their thing. So that was craziness. That was craziness. And so I want to get to That's the, the
0: first I, big turn for Deidre's presentation. Like, right. that's like oh yeah. yeah i'm i i'm switching from an office basement of me getting respect mm-hmm. and me being listened to and like doing the best at my job and being recognized to like and now i'm gonna go over here and torture some people yeah, <laughs> i be get like dirty. kind of yeah. kind of all all about it and like don't give a shit and fuck you and like whoa okay there's our fascist imperial system okay
1: right right we're about to get to a part that I know he's going to dump in on. So I'm okay. going to get this little part out of the way. Okay. So my for she meets with her potential money launderer <laughs> oh yes
0: yes 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 because that's friend, interesting. Scene. They, they, they have a whole setup scene for it too where it's like hey yeah. so i got a solution she's like are we okay cut to the chase what's how is this gonna work he's like so you gotta you gotta meet with so-and-so and she's like so-and-so like he's scum and it's like clearly like he's the mob yeah he's the mob right yeah. and so she wants nothing to do with it. Like, oh no, it's not reputable. Like, he hurts people. And it's just like, that's the fucking option, only option I'm able to find for it. And she's like, all right, fine, we'll take a fucking meeting.
1: And this. And they, and they want a dude, meeting there at her place.
0: Uh huh, right. Not somewhere out of the way. He wants, well, we'll see, not just to trade in her respectability, <laughs> which is a classic mobster move of like, right. oh, you've got status? Okay, yeah. that's what I want from you. I want your status to rub off on me. But I don't even want your money,
1: right? That's kind of stats. classic too, though, where you got the the bad guy who wants to be good, you know, mm. like he he wants the presentation, like he knows his power in that. So that so that I have seen before, but I like the way he did it, and I like how. He didn't want the money. He wanted the firstborn, because <laughs> oh. he wasn't saying it. But he was like, pretty much, you know, I want to marry into your family. Basically, you, I got a son. I just want to bring my. Because the first i was kind of thinking like, like, why is she so mad about him bringing his son? And then he was like, and you, I know you have a daughter that's around his age. I'm like, oh, oh. So I'm thinking he's thinking yeah. long game. I'm like, okay. Yeah, because the
0: thing is, like. The impression I have of Mon Mothma's marriage to her husband is, like, it seems semi-arranged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it seems like it's very, like, an open, open marriage, kind of. Like, on paper, we are wed, but, like,
1: right. we you might clearly... decide
0: to do other things on the side. Right. Like, it seems like that's a Shandrilla thing. So it might be like, yeah, we're going to arrange marriages for, for our kids. Right. Like, so that's not just like a hey it's a meet and greet if they don't like each other like level went out and they don't have to do anything and it's more like yeah no 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 we're setting up a thing here and, right. oh, man, the fucking slick confidence of this guy when she's like, no, this is not on the table. We are not doing this. I will not. Con-. He's like, just consider. And she's like, I will not consider. And he's like, that's the first lie you told this whole time. Exactly. And then walks out and is like, oh.
1: Yeah. And you see her just after there, just shaking. She just shaking. She is shook. She is shook and rightfully yes. so. So I, I thought that, you know, that verbal sparring was, was amazing to see. I like how each character kind of deals with things differently. And she's been shook since we first met her. And it's very interesting how so many people that is involved with this situation is very confident. And even if they are nervous about it, they are pretty strong in their convictions and not that she isn't, but the way she deals with it is very different than everybody else. I'll I'll say that because she seemed to be fighting you know i guess we're seeing a break in her in her mask and i think everybody else seemed like they got a good handle on it but hers is constantly mm. having to be repaired as she goes yes uh, and she's holding it from moment to moment versus mm. like other people sliding in and out of it with a back turn you know and she's constantly fighting to keep her face for, together
0: for a politician her poker face is shit. It's it's okay at best. Because, right. like, there, there's even, like, the the party scenes and stuff like that, where she's just, like, she's going out of a conversation mm-hmm. and, like, walking. And, like, her face will just change a little bit. She's like, ah, fuck this. Or, you're like, ah. Like, you could read. Mm-hmm. So it's subtle. It's quick, but it's there. Like, her poker face is not great. Right. Not great. Right. So, yeah, her performance, I think, is just fucking excellent. It is. And, like... <laughs> she i think in part because of her privilege she's able to hold on to as luthan would say her decency
1: (laughs) and she hasn't
0: had to get her she hasn't had to get her hands dirty like in various ways right Mm -hmm. she's she's detached from all of that but like she's gonna have to cross some boundaries Mm -hmm. like that is the that if she has an arc this season is that's what it is Mm-hmm. Is like she wants to do the right and moral thing, but she's going to have to get her hands dirty in some ways. Like this is going to be a rebellion. Like it's going to be messy. Like yeah. one way or the other, there's going to be blood on her hands. Right. Yeah. But I think that's also different from like, I got to put my daughter's body on the line mm-hmm. in a very personal way. And that's just, yeah. 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 Eh, it's, her, her mask, I would say utterly breaking at the end yeah. of that conversation. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: yeah. And I appreciate the realism in that situation because many times people are down for the cause until their foot gets stepped on, you know, everything's always right? cool and theory, but it's a whole different thing and everybody's not built for it. And so I just like that it shows that side of it too. I love it.
0: With episode 10 like mm-hmm. there's the entire prison break here we go but then all the other pieces are about what are you willing to put up right mm-hmm. what are you gonna ante in and so from Monmouthma at the moment it's like well are you gonna put your daughter on the line right yeah. and ironically lonnie luthan's spy the isb agent inside he's got a daughter right and it's like mm-hmm. yeah i made the vow but i got a daughter now like this this is fucking real now like it was just me on the line right, right. like there's this whole thing like my my writer friend uh, used to say that like people people in their 20s men particularly write stories about what they're willing to die for
1: yeah. and then
0: pe- and then men in their 30s and beyond write stories about what is worth living for yeah mm-hmm right and it's like what's the deciding factor do they have kids
1: yeah because we are all especially for men we are based on what we have to lose and you know when you're younger all thing you have is yourself right and depending on ego and status and all this other kind of stuff you know you can be I kind can of in a place of glory right it's
0: like oh now i have a kid but I you gotta come to home around. you have to come yeah.
1: home you have something mm-hmm. to fight for or live for which could make you even more dangerous, but if anything, it kind of keeps you more docile because you know that certain things could lead to potential death. And right. it's gonna matter.
0: You should so, hopefully be more conservative. Right, right. <laughs> in, right. in your risk taking. Right, right. Yeah. So
1: that's that's usually what it goes with, you know, and then after your family is older and you get older, then you go from family to community and you're worried mm-hmm. about taking care of the outcome of everybody, because you already took care of your nest, and then you are to the community, right? But that's this kind of cycle, yeah. Mind, so. But that's the cycle of us, and that's how it should go. But um, okay, so we're gonna touch back on on Lonnie and Lutheran at the very end because it ended <clears throat> like that. But also, it was cut like this thing cut so nicely in between because mm-hmm. they're kind of going through the same journeys, but on different sides of it, and it's all true. For them and their reality and situation and it's just brilliantly done
0: before to, to, we do the, the prison break for episode 10 okay we got to go back to, to nine and that that's where billy the old guy dies right and keno the floor boss andy circus and and or find out uh no one's getting out alive nobody's getting out no alive getting out. They're, they're just gonna cycle us through forever until we die old thing with keno is like we just go along right. get along get stuff done we all get out of here And Andor has been like poking him and prodding him, like how many, how many guards are on shift at any one time? Stay on code. He's presumably he knows more than (laughs) anyone else. He's like, stay on program, stay on program. I'm not in, I'm not in. Your, your, your stuff is crazy. Mm -hmm. And then when the shoe drops, they're not getting out. And him and Kino are walking out, walking away from their dead friend. He asks him again, how many guards are on every floor? And Kino immediately is like, never more than twelve and it's yep. like okay now now we brought him across the threshold and that's yeah. how that episode ends and brings us right into 10. and yes. now it's like everyone on the floor is like yes. let's fucking go
1: yeah i love the little conversation they had before they were getting released back into population and they're kind of going back and forth and he's like you know you could tell that Andy Serkis' character Kino. You see that he's trying to work through it because his yeah. reality is crashing on top of him. Yeah,
0: he he like gives him the, <laughs> the guard count, but he's still like a little bit like. Yeah. Uh, 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 and and Andor's just like, look, mm-hmm. we're never gonna have a better chance than right now. Right. Because right now, they're afraid, right. and, and and he's like, but they have all the power, and oh man, Andor, Andor man. has. For a show that has great scenes and mm-hmm. lots of great dialogue, this is one of the best just one-liners. Yes. Andy Andy Serkis says, you know, they have all the power, right? Right. And Andor says, power doesn't panic.
1: Yes. Right? You if see their reaction. If
0: they, if they felt like they were truly in control, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have murdered that whole floor.
1: Yeah. If you're right? not scared, would... you don't need to flex. You don't need to flex right? if you're not exactly. afraid.
0: Exactly. Power doesn't panic. And yeah. they panicked. They killed the whole fucking floor. So yeah. if we wait, they're going to get reinforcements. They're going to get more guards because they realize that they're slipping.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? And we got so 5,000 deep. Oh. 5,000 deep. And even when they was bringing in the new guy, you could even see that the guard kept looking over his shoulders extra, extra because he didn't know if somebody mm-hmm. going to try to. And they wasn't even going to mm-hmm. do anything, but he was just concerned, you know? Right. And you could see it on him yeah that conversation was crazy and then they open them up to the public and they're walking in and to the rest of the prisoners and you, they're still kind of going back and forth and stuff and, and they're like you know pretty much telling keno like you know you need to tell him you need to tell him and they're walking and everybody's like what happened what happened to the old guy what happened to the old guy and and they kind of just says what's, what's up and keno doesn't want to say and cassian is just getting on I'm like I fucking tell them <laughs> we gotta we gotta do something we gotta do something so when they both got into their cells and said like i guess you're saying something like you know it was supposed to be a supposed like mistake that somebody that was on you know that was on floor four ended up on floor two and they realized and they killed everybody you know and and you know basically like we're not getting out and you can see andy andy circus character kino just kind of like we're not getting out of here and pretty much suck it up and spend this night figuring out what we're going to do about it.
0: Yeah. Cause that's his, his whole thing of just like go along and we get out of here when our time's over. That's the thing he's been holding on. So for to not just go like, yeah, it was an accident of him. Just be like, no, we are never getting out is such a massive flip in what he presents Mm -hmm. to everyone else in their shift. And it's just like, no, this shit's fucking real. He is the authority on the block yeah. And now we need to figure out how the fuck we're going to deal with it. Go to bed. I'll see you in the morning.
1: <laughs> right, right. And I love how Andor reads the room well and he knows what pieces go where. And Edith's piece doesn't know, he'll kind of help guide the piece to get mm-hmm. the best outcome. Like, everybody's also worried about their little piece. He sees the whole board. And I love how he interjects himself. And not being messy, but he almost knows where to push. He knows where to kind of pull yes. apart or push forward he, he knows how to maneuver well
0: so i feel like he is a a very different flavor i want to emphasize a very different flavor of captain america because mm. the whole thing with captain america yeah. aside from him of course just being like super athletic and strong and da, 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 super serum he inspires people yeah. which i don't think Andor does necessarily a little bit but he no what the team's good at. He's the quarterback, right? But he's the one out front quarterbacking. Andor is not the charismatic quarterback. But he sees people and is like, "Mm, you're a wrench, you're a hammer, you're a screwdriver, Like you're a box of nails. He's like, okay, Mm. we're going to... He starts putting pieces together. He also knows reading the room he can't convince everyone to do this thing. Yeah. He can't he can't rally the troops. Right. Gino is gonna be the key to whether or not it's just a handful of them doing this or it's yeah. everybody doing this.
1: Yeah. And he is constantly the battery in everybody's back. So he inspires, but he inspires by pushing and mm-hmm. directing from behind. Yes. So he's Harsh inspiration tricks. behind the inspiration. Mm-hmm you know so he may go nameless but he's the one to inspire who inspired you and we saw that with his mom we saw that with the rebellion we saw we know his ending and we know what he inspired by his acts behind the scenes
0: right the The way it plays out in this episode is amazing because once they start the breakout which oh man they did such a great job with that like they eventually shoot and fight their way up to the control room they take over the control and, room
1: and there and were they, some it, loss too you know how it goes when nobody gets hit but it was faces that we saw and, talking and in speaking parts and we, uh-huh. we've been seeing it for episodes and they're yep. they're shot and not winged but i mean laying <sighs> there dead i'm thinking like if this was like a regular show he would be getting up or he'd be like yes. oh my arm people are getting arm shots and dying they're just yeah. gone as much as it hurt to see it adds so much
0: yes it it kept the tension cranked up because it's like oh people are just dying from from go and just because there's two guards with blasters just like shooting down into the pit and it's like oh fuck so it just makes everything tense so like even though it's like yeah Andor clearly has to live Mm -hmm. even for him it's like dude is he gonna get shot because he's like trying to climb up below the guy like yeah the right. tension was just there the whole time, right? Um, yeah. But they eventually get to the control room. They take over. They shut down the electric floors, so none of no one's getting shocked, right? Mm-hmm. And they gets Not... gets the PA system. Kino gets on the PA, system. Mm-hmm. and it's and it's because Andor tells him to get on the PA system. Right. Andor again is the battery, like you said, behind mm-hmm. you, Kino. You got to tell them. You yeah. need to rally the troops, as it were. And then Kino uses all the things that Andor told him right. to get him to rise up and fight back. Yeah. I'm pretty sure almost word for word, like half of what Kino says is things Andor was putting in his ear on previous episodes. And certainly earlier in this episode and at the end of the the one before at nine, yeah. So it's like, yeah. Andor really is inspiring. Yes, through a proxy, <laughs> like it's yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah, he's he's making him know who he is. Because sometimes we know who we are in certain situations. Like, okay, you can be a great leader, say at work, but you don't understand that you also got. You could be that same leader at home, but right. just because you're in a different location, you don't know who you are in certain environments. So he was helping him, leading him back to who he was, but just in a different environment. Some people feel comfortable being a big fish in a small pond, but when they get into that ocean, you know, their legs <laughs> ain't as strong as they remember. That plays out. It was a test to that. And so, okay. So even even before they got to that room, mm-hmm. right? And they're working their way up and they're going up to the level. They're trying to go to, I believe, uh, 11, level eight. Mm-hmm. And they're just going from level to level, you know getting people out telling them you know pretty much it's time there's one way out inspiring the right people. and the they came up with some sort place. of phrase
0: what was it only up only up or something but one way out
1: a... there is one way out right now the building is ours you need to run climb kill you need to help each other You see someone who's confused, someone
0: who's lost. You get them moving, and you keep them moving until we put this place behind us. One way
1: out. One way out. And so they go in from each room, get whatever you can, just fight, and everybody working their way up, working their way up. And so Kazian and uh, Kino, they get to the top. And what's funny, even before, and so this voice we've been hearing for several episodes, it's kind of mechanical, and you can tell if it was a robot or whatnot, right? And so... You see that this voice is an actual man. And so it's just beautiful how you don't see his face. You see his back, you hear the voice. And then it cuts to the room where the voice is coming from. And you see the guy, his voice inside the room sounds normal. And you hear like, it's a regular guy, right? He's speaking. And I love how the truth of everything was starting to unravel and it unraveled to the point of hearing the true voice of the prison announcer. Just like just like the truth was unraveling about what was happening to the prisoners like the truth was unraveling right. like they was not really being released they were being shuffled around like all the truth was falling apart but to me the fact that that voice you know we got to see the voice behind the oppression and you saw what that really was right and how easily it was taken out right mm-hmm. but but hearing that voice it seems bigger it seems From where they were in their position, it felt like God was on their neck, right? Until they went upstairs and saw that it was somebody that was lower than even them. And so to have that. Someone that was talking like this, but when he goes through the
0: modulator, it's on program. Right.
1: So to see that, I kind of thought that whole thing with that whole voice thing, it was a great... I think it really tied into what kind of happened with this episode and these prisoners and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, and like you were saying, Kaznian had Kino give a speech, right? So the part, okay. So I, well, when I called you, I was like, man, I was, I was getting choked up. I got choked <laughs> up on the part. He said many of things, you know, one being like, you know, I'd rather die than to give them what they want. Right. But one of the things that really got me, was, like he was saying, like, you know, you know, if you see somebody, you know, and they look confused and lost, you, you help them, you know, right. like you help It wasn't them. just
0: get yourself out, it's like we're all getting right out, right? Get right, everyone out. You see someone struggling, you pick them up,
1: right? Right, because he's like, tell them what to do, you know, and yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah it's, it, it, yeah it's a small but very big thing because it could have just been like we're out let's get out of here yeah, yeah we're all a bunch of criminals let's but, go but, but it was he, like no we are all in this together we but are he, all getting out of here
1: he knew how they probably would react and and so i thought it was interesting that he went to those kind of like core values like the stuff like he said that really got me i thought it was beautiful when he's like you know it's almost like if you could give all all this hard work that you're doing for that if you could give half of that To trying to save yourself. You know, we'll be home in no time. Right. You know, like sometimes we have such misplaced energy and we fight so hard, but we fight so hard for the wrong thing or we fight so hard in the wrong direction. And then we wonder why we're stuck, you know, and we were just, you know, our compass was just off. We have the energy, we have the fight, but we just don't know where to place it. And so for him to to say that, I thought that was very powerful and I thought that you know when he said like run climb kill do what you got to do right you need to help each other help them keep moving if we fight as half as hard as we are working we'll be home in no time and there is one way out and I was just like he's speaking to us he's speaking to humanity you know and it would just make such a big difference if everybody just like you know what we got to help each other we are all in the same situation we're in the same boiling pot even though we don't realize it and if we just kind of just stop for a moment to understand what we're really dealing with in the situation we're in that that's what's going to really you know change things otherwise everybody's running for theirs and so many people and nobody will make it out everybody's getting trampled trying to get out the same door versus everybody's understanding that we have to do it together to get out and so i just thought it right. was just beautiful and very telling and and speaking to you know a lot of truths that we we need to incorporate as a society ourselves you know to kind of fix things it's just it's just i i love how truthful and honest this is and i think it's very interesting how You know, and I was telling you before, I I think it's very interesting and very powerful how a lot of things that we need to hear and do, we accept it better when we see it outside of ourselves. Because if somebody said it to us, we would take Mm -hmm. offense to it. Ego would kick in. Our fears would kick in and things like that. But when we see it put on something else, you know... It's just as true for us, but sometimes, like I said, seeing outside of yourself helps you digest it without any kind of judgment or fear. You don't put it on it because it's outside of you. But I just thought that it was just so much in the show, not just this episode, but the whole damn show is basically kind of giving us uh, a roadmap to a possible future we can have for ourselves. But if somebody, if we would apply it or heard it, or if this was done in a modern kind of way, people would think it would be unbelievable right it would have that, to be thing is... to, to be to seem plausible we would have to put it on some sci-fi show right on disney plus <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that is one of the the great things about sort of classic science fiction and even fantasy sometimes is you can take something that you want to talk about within society and put it in a you know, fantasy a very alien sort of context, or within science fiction, just a, a radically looking or seemingly different context, and be like talking about the, the the same thing, and it's like, oh wait, this they're totally talking about what's going on today, blah blah, blah. like. And I feel like so I got two vibes with this episode, with the Kino speech, and then Kino speech with Luthen's speech, and so I think with both of them, each in their own way. Like, I got network vibes, like the, the movie Network, where Love it's like, you gotta movie. get mad, you gotta get angry. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, god damn it, My life has
1: value! Oh. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now, and go to the window, open it, and stick
0: your head out and yell i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore right that whole magnificent speech and it's it's in the same vein it's got the same sort of vibes right certainly with kinos kinos is definitely of like yo we like the only ways up pick up people that you see like it's very much like we should one stop fighting each other two there's more of us than there are them. Mm-hmm. Like we need to like rise. Up. And so the other take, aside from it being very, the network speech, yes. it's also like, yeah. is like, man, mm, has someone been reading some Marxist critique of capitalism? <laughs> right.
1: Because
0: right, right. like, honestly, for uh, Kino, he's the manager, he's the management class. And then, capitalism oh nope fucked you over too and it's like alright now I'm on board let's overturn the whole thing like you could you could read all of that in the same vein but like the the generalized let's please all get on the same page and like actually work together like oh thousand percent I,
1: I think it's perfect that you use that as an example first of all I love that movie Network and a good example is Like I said, the fact that you even used that is the fact that when he was on live saying that the -hmm. people are watching it and some people are taking it in and hearing it for what it is and then some people just thought he was crazy. But then the bosses and the the powers that be, they knew he was speaking truth so they need to get rid of him. But it's just interesting how they try to play him as crazy. But even for Mm -hmm. that that art which is crazy looking to us, we could see how true it is because we're outside of it. But if we were to see him saying that on the news, we would deem him crazy and he'd be removed very quickly. So it's interesting how, like I said, something on real life that you would see, you probably wouldn't take that. Or if it was being said to you, you probably wouldn't take it as well as watching it as a movie and seeing somebody do that. It's just like, oh, it's a whole different feeling. Even though it would be the same truth, it 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 would touch you differently because one you saw on the local news versus you saw in a movie that's removed from you. But right. the same truth.
0: Hilariously, I, I'm just really realizing now that I, I think it's the opening scene from the newsroom, mm-hmm. right? That uh, Sorkin wrote, right? Jeff Daniels. It's yeah. almost the same setup of the commentator sort of breaking character and being like, "No, both sides are bullshit." Da 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 da. It's the the authenticity coming through, but this yeah. one, like i i could easily see people taking kino's speech Mm -hmm. and editing it with different footage Mm -hmm. and i think it would be pretty pretty powerful stuff um and then there's lucid speech
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so
0: last thing for kino the sad thing is like they all break out they get out and the thing is, they're on the—they're still in the middle of a fucking lake. The each of these prisons, these prison pylons, yes, like they just open out onto a lake, and there's—they don't leave any of the the drop-off craft. They just fly up, get the fuck out, mm-hmm. and then fly away. So the only way they have to leave is to jump in the water in the middle of the lake and then swim away. And as Andor and his buddy are like at the edge, like Kino, let's go. Keno's like, ah. I can't swim. And it's yes. just like, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he I, can't go. Yes. I thought it was poetic because when they first started their, you know, billion or they was going to break out and leave, he was trying to stay to man, to make sure everything was cool down there. And Cassian right. was like, come on up. Come, you come with me. And so, so it's a little resistance i didn't know what that was or why just like just like how he was kind of like leaning now i know that he was saying like he was almost out right and that's all right. he's trying to get to but when you saw yeah. his number it was still hella high so i didn't understand to me it was a mismatch like why are you thinking why are you acting like you about to get out sometime soon because he's when got you're... at
0: least a year because well, he had your like numbers 500 so his number is like 500 something cassie like right over a thousand or something but right
1: right but i'm saying when I see that, and then when I saw, like, you know, like I said at the end, like he, the ironic part is that he freed everybody but couldn't free himself. And so I think that he kind of probably never thought to try to rebel or get out anyway because he kind of knew the only way he would really be able to get out is through the front door the right way. Right. Because he didn't have any other option.
0: He didn't have he any could, transport.
1: He had no transport. And it also kind of shows you and tells you in a way too. You know what you do know or don't know, can affect you in a way of keeping you in a prison or keeping you locked up. Like you know, it makes a difference. And something as simple as swimming, you know, changes livelihood just as much as whatever he did to get there in the first place. And so it's just it's just funny.
0: It it also reiterates too, like there's going to be people that don't get over the finish line. Yeah, and, and and sometimes sometimes they know that sometimes you thinking Cassian now of like the one that's instigating to making this happen, mm-hmm. you're going to put people in a situation where they're not going to get over the finish line.
1: Right. What And what I think is very interesting is that I really, and I feel that he probably, you know, the truth is he probably knew that he wasn't going to be able to escape anyway because he knew he couldn't yeah. swim. And so it's, it's that,
0: that makes it all the more tragic.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, because even the part where I know, Kazian would have probably been like hey you know I'll 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 help you we'll, swim, help swim and someone knocks him but off but he gets yeah. pushed off he gets pushed off on the edge which I thought was like crazy but you even saw that, like, he like was trying the, to the, talk the, to him and he still got knocked right. off so it wasn't like he just that's... peace out sucker and jumped he was kind of like trying to like so what what happened it's like wrong? oh well you can't swim what <laughs> Boop!
0: Knocked yeah. over and that's like one of the few times where it's like that's the closest thing we have to seeing the hand of the writer in play because otherwise we know Cassian would have been like yo so and so so and so we're going to help him swim let's all jump yeah. together we'll yeah. get like he would have like put that together in 2 minutes but it was just like boop nope nope
1: but bye, al- go but start also swimming. but also that was kind of believable too that could happen where they could kind of balance you know that's a lot and of people trying people to get didn't out get hurt. Yeah. yeah so 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 the
0: the other the other fun thing so one of the guys at his table the one that he does get the shore with you see at the very end of the episode yeah. they make it sure they're running running right. through the the dirt and stuff uh right. mellish mellish something like that okay so i watched like the first two episodes and i was like it oh, looks uh, uh, he sort of stands out i don't know why yeah. and then i saw a thing where it's like oh he's in rogue one he's oh, one it? of the ground troops that go and attacks on Scarif. He leads one of the, the assault
1: teams. Okay. I thought he's familiar because of the show. He looked familiar to me too, but I didn't know where I saw, yeah, okay. He doesn't get, he doesn't
0: get a lot of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. get a lot of, I don't think he has any lines, Yeah. that's just like one of those small things of like, oh, wow. Okay. He's clearly like in for the long haul, but so, so that was cool.
1: Well, let's get no. back to that, that Lonnie and Lutheran conversation. Ooh. Lonnie was acting suspicious but i didn't know he was also part of the rebellion that he was like a i imp- i will 100 percent
0: admit that a i i didn't i didn't catch it all yeah. i caught was like oh okay that's that that whole thing of like oh we should we should do our usual routine and mm-hmm. like inspect the thing and then leave yeah. i was like huh uh, okay uh, it just yeah. it, that was it i wasn't like yeah oh, it's clearly he's clearly a mole for the the rebels like nope didn't yeah. read that at all
1: yeah because he was kind of making he's almost shoring up the situation so for the rebellion so it almost made sense but i didn't know why he was looking weird about it and i was also didn't understand why didro seemed to be upset about it because it seemed like she would understand it would be a good play as well so when she reacted the way she did and he reacted the way he did i didn't understand what that was i knew it was something but i i was still shocked to see him yeah, because
0: you know. he did that suggestion, and the, the leader was right. like, yep, nope, good call. Yeah. And like Deidre did a little, like, mm, with her face, and yeah. I didn't know if that was just, like, that's unnecessary. Like, she's thinking, ah, that's an extra step we don't need to take. Yeah. Or if it's just, like, that's hella sus.
1: Yeah, I didn't get it. So
0: I, I don't know. We'll have to see if, like, yeah. that's going to come back and bite Lonnie. Yeah. But we, we get a scene in Luthen's antique shop, mm-hmm. and his assistant, Keila comes in is like so I saw the mark on the platform and then I saw the section of the railing taken out and it's it's clearly a a signal Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so it's like okay we gotta go talk with our person we haven't heard from him for a year and it turns out it's Lonnie. There's a whole long sequence of him like going through the underbelly of Coruscant which is really cool to see and then getting into one of the turbo lifts and just going down (laughs) because the hilarious thing is like they, he, there's negative numbers and it's like negative floor 370 or something <laughs> like that. He's way the fuck down.
1: Yeah. And he's
0: having this whole conversation with Luther, Like, There's a hidden earpiece up on mm-hmm. up in the rafters of the elevator. And there's this whole layout of like, why why are we talking now? By the way, congratulations on your daughter. Like, ooh, why are you bringing up my daughter? He's like, I think of you all the time. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck. <laughs> like, it's this whole sort of like, I care about you. I'm watching you. I mm-hmm. can hurt you. You undertone, and it's like, why are we talking? And it's like, ah, da, da, da. it's like, okay, the the rebels—they know about the rebel assault. He's like, okay, I'll let those people die. It's like, well, what is this really about, Lonnie? And then they finally get down to the bottom, and the elevator opens.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I get the impression that Lonnie has never seen Luthen before. Really, I, 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 with the vow thing, maybe, but like. I don't know. In the moment, I was like, "Has he never seen Luthen before?" Is like Luthen like making this real? Like, no, I'm here, and we are going to talk. Might be a subtext that I'm totally misreading.
1: Oh, right,
0: uh, okay. I don't know. But Lonnie essentially wants to get out. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is too real now. I guess I, I made the vows. I followed the vows. I got in at ISB. I've been your mole. I'm living the vows, but I have a daughter now. Like, this is too real. I can't do this. I need to get out. Mm-hmm. Right? And Luthan's like, you can't get out. Like, they're not going to let you get out. I'm not going to let you get out. Like, you're too useful.
1: Yeah, they need a superhero, and he's a superhero.
0: Yeah, he's a super mole.
1: And then Lonnie <laughs>
0: Lonnie goes and says, like, uh, uh, like I have to sacrifice all this stuff. You know, what? have you sacrificed and here (laughs) i thought kino's speech was gonna be the oh my god on fire and it was like no 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 all the the whole arc including the prison break with kino was just stoking this furnace Mm -hmm. this this furnace of like tension and what are you going to sacrifice mon mothma what are you going to put on the line you're going to put your daughter on the line Lonnie at the end here I I don't want to put my daughter on the line this is too much like Mm -hmm. what does it take to like push a small rebellion within the prison what are you going to sacrifice that's all just more coal into the furnace into the furnace and Lonnie says what have you sacrificed and Luthen, with was it Scars Stellan Skarsgård Starlin reach Starlin Skarsgård reaches into the furnace and pulls out a blazing sword and says let me tell you (laughs) motherfucker about what i sacrificed oh
1: man Man, i'll tell you this what i did know i've already seen that
0: speech remixed (laughs) i've already seen it remixed with other footage from andor of him just like what have i lost like oh what have i sacrificed my
1: just oh. the, the crazy part is is that i knew what he was gonna end on i i knew that it was gonna <laughs> end on that what i didn't know was all the poetry in between before it got there oh but i i knew how it was gonna oh. end i knew i knew what the last word was gonna be but i did not understand man it was so beautiful and, and it was so He had one line
0: of like I lost I lost something in the darkness of space. I forget what he lost, but he's like, I lost it in the darkness of space. It was like, Holy shit, this is next level. He started off it's literally the dialogue's too good. The monologue's too good. It's too poetic. But it's fucking gold.
1: Yeah, he started off with calmness or and and then and then also love and all this other kind of stuff. He was talking about like certain like like futures he wouldn't even have. And he mm-hmm. okay he said this one part that I thought was just brilliant. He was like I burn my life to make a sunrise that I will never see.
0: Yes, yes.
1: That I will never but see. That
0: so in another in another idiom right? A wise man plants a tree under which shade he will never sit. Like, that's exactly. one of my favorite idioms of oh, like wow. pay it forward. Yeah. And he's doing the dark version of that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I am burning my soul yeah. and my sanity, yeah. and my decency. He literally yeah. says, I'm sacrificing my decency.
1: Yes. 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 He just, right? he went For to the a sunrise. I will yes. never see. Yes. 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 Yes, I burn my life to make a sunrise I'll never see. About he shares his dreams with ghosts. That means he has. Oh, there's no the, that line. He has He's no, no one, one to dream mm-hmm. or share his dreams with. He shares them with ghosts because he can trust no one. He cannot be him. He cannot give himself to anyone because well, it could jeopardize even- everything. The the even darker, sadder part of that
0: is it's like, he could have just said, I share my dreams with no one. He shares them with ghosts. He shares them with the dead people that he's probably gotten killed.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Right? And it's just... Yeah,
1: because he's basically said, too, that he he knows he's damned. He knows he's going to hell. Right, Like, he already, you know, made peace with that. He knows. Ooh, that was crazy.
0: He's He's paying checks... For like his ego, fifteen years ago, like there's for a calculation he made like fifteen years ago, where like he saw the writing on the wall, and he's just like, ah, oh, fuck, and his ego couldn't let it go.
1: It all costs that,
0: that. Like I haven't had a chance to rewatch this episode yet, and this is I'm definitely gonna rewatch this episode because it's on okay. fire, and I feel like <laughs> it's one of those th- things where it's like. <sighs> You want other people, like, again, us needing to cut a PSA for this fucking show. But it's like, you really want people to see this, but you also don't want any of it spoiled. Because, like, really, Eno's speech, Luthen's speech, it all works not only because of just this arc of three episodes, but it's the whole thing up to this point. Mm -hmm. Like... It, it doesn't have enough resolution to be the end of the season, but if they had just been like added one or two more, like a scene or two after that to wrap up the season, it would have been like, oh, oh, amazing. But we still <laughs> two fucking
1: episodes. Right, right. So what what else is there? But I love that regardless, if, you know, say we no more internet or whatever, no more Disney Plus, whatever, somebody pulls a plug or whatever, we have completed a journey right. in a way, you know? And so this is just icing on, on top of a wonderful cake. And so, you know what? <laughs> I hate to bring it up, but on other shows, they <laughs> dig a ditch that they can't possibly get out of. in one or two episodes left. So it's so nice that we already kind of landed, you know, he's in a situation he got out of it and that situation he got in, it could have just been a, done in 20 minutes but it it got drawn out within you know three episodes almost three hours and right i'm wondering in the middle of a star wars tv series Mm -hmm. how do you make a prison movie comparable to shawshank redemption how do you do that how's that possible like each
0: of how is that possible like the first arc is good for setting setting up the, the the series right it's 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 a good arc it's a good right. arc to start a season but then the bank heist is like it's a pretty damn good arc on its own yes right and then this prison arc has no right to be this fucking good no right and it's fucking excellent right Like, I I remember we were chatting about, like, one of my ideas for a sci-fi show, and I wanted a show that was Star Trek-ish, right? Mm -hmm. Where you go to this planet, and then next episode you go to this planet. Except the downside of doing that new, weird, planet-a-week thing is you don't get into anything, right? Right. That's why I was like, well, I would want it, where it's like you would spend essentially a three-episode arc dealing with the planet their specific geopolitics whatever the big plot thing is there and give it time to breathe and feel like a place and get invested before shit goes sideways right Right, and it's like now i'm like well i just point to andor as like that would work you can do that style of a season structure yes right and it works i think specifically because it's streaming like i think back to like deep space nine and deep Mm -hmm. space nine and even some of the other less sort of serialized uh versions of Star uh star trek yeah they would have two parters occasionally Mm -hmm. but that's a huge risk for syndication because if you miss part one or part two too bad for you right but with streaming oh no i can i can surely go and catch this entire arc and then the next entire arc and like the whole thing isn't available as a smorgasbord it's just a question of has the episode dropped yet right so like people best be taking fucking notes like that's right (laughs) like regardless of how andor's numbers perform which like going back to my buddy Michael Rabel being like because he was saying like Disney dropped the fucking ball marketing this because, and he kind of said, like, it's probably because it's too much unlike the rest of their stuff. Like, for the average viewer for Disney Plus,
1: it's possible, is, but they also a they got a lot on their plate. They got a lot on their plate, too, and they're kind of bad at advertising everything, to be honest. And they have so much stuff, like, how do you choose what's going to, and then whatever kind of picks up first is what they're going to put, you know, put the internet right. in. It's um, like,
0: we'll advertise it at launch, and then it's on its own because we got movies coming out. But I think for the rest of Andor, We know exactly how this is going to go. So I I think the way the rest of Andor is going to go is it's going to be that rebel attack that ISB knows about. Because they've set too much of that up. Mm -hmm. They didn't just set that up so that, oh, the ISB could find out about it so we could have this little scene with Lonnie. Like, clearly that's going to kick off. And I imagine Andor is going to get caught up in it.
1: Hmm.
0: Right? So... How that plays out, ooh, we shall see.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. We got
0: two episodes. And, like, I feel like what we're going to get is just a shortened two-episode arc of, because only two episodes left, of we're going to set up now this, this attack, this operation, right? And essentially it's going to be the classic uh, Hitchcock, right? Yeah. It's the classic bomb under the table. Mm-hmm. right where we the audience know there's a bomb under the table mm-hmm. Andor doesn't know there's a bomb under the table mm-hmm. right and so we're going to know that they're walking into a trap and it's going to be the setup for the trap and I think the last episode is just going to be the trap going off big action spectacle
1: that makes no, sense that makes sense Well, not excited at all <laughs> yeah I, I agree I, I think that that makes sense um, I want to see how our other little characters are going to tie together, because I know it's not over.
0: Is is Cyril going to play a part that would imply, because wherever this is, it's not on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. So if Cyril's going to play a a meaningful role, he's going to probably try and attach himself to Deidre. Mm-hmm see how that goes. Yeah,
1: that relationship has to kind of come together and they right? kind of touched once. Because so we... I,
0: I, I feel like it'd be too much of an investment within season one to set mm. him up. Yeah, so I, I think Mon Mothma is going to be the only one not involved in the trap. Mm. I would imagine Cyril, Deidre, Cassian will be involved in the trap. Luthien might only be involved if he finds out that cassian's there hmm. but again we'll see now he's like i was ready to let 50 people die
1: right, <laughs> I'm gonna right. Let
0: 51 yeah. people die right yeah he seems yeah. to take it some sort of shining to cassian so yeah that'll yeah. be uh that'll be interesting
1: I think they're going to play it like a two hour movie and I can't wait to see how this goes.
0: <laughs> it really will be. Yeah. I was checking the runtime for the last one. It was like 45 minutes. That's with the intro and, and the credits. So it's like, you know, a 40, 40 minute long episode, but Jesus, they crammed it in yet again. No fat
1: yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that this is going to be over. Um, <laughs> right? I really do. I, I really do. But um, it's no reason for me not to think that it's, it's going to not land. I think it's definitely going to land. It's been landing 10 episodes deep, so there's no reason why it shouldn't...
0: Yeah, I, I think the last two are going to execute on par right. with everything else. It's going to be interesting to see if... This season gets legs after the last episodes drop, where people can be like, "All right, we've seen the entire season, right?" Because it it is an investment to be like, "Hey, belly up to a potentially another subpar Boba Fett Star Wars offering," yeah. but to be like, "No, it's all out there, mm-hmm. and it's a sh- delicious smorgasbord from the left end of the table to the right.
1: Yeah. Dig
0: in, like yeah. I." Th- i am hoping it gets a bump because like man it really deserves it
1: i think it will i think it will and for those who decided not to talk on the show or review this show they're gonna be behind because we (laughs) we done put in the work and this show has been good so for those who are out there searching to see like there's not a lot of reviews on this or a lot not a lot of people talking on it you got us and and we've been here since the beginning and I'm so I, glad I, that we you know that like we're going to do it anyway but I'm glad that like I said it's a it's a great show that we look forward to talking you know cuz this this not even our scheduled time usually we wait a couple of days after the yeah after the last episode to, like to I to just talk. finished
0: we did talk I was like holy <laughs> shit I I knew I was jazzed about this episode uh just not expecting the phone call I was like oh my yeah. god this show <laughs>
1: Yeah, I had to, I had to, had to say something, <laughs> had to say something, but yeah, this is, I, I can't wait for the, for the last two. Like I said, it's gonna be bittersweet for sure, but yeah, I am very much looking forward to it. Huh? I don't know what else to say. <laughs>
0: can't fucking wait.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this has been Jay and Ryan talking about Andor. Episode 8, 9, and 10. Until next time, peace.
0: And Star Wars. Dad <laughs> <That> jokes. Boom.
1: <laughs> oh, <gasps> great. Hey, this is Jay and I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. I just want to let you know that this conversation is part of a larger conversation that continues on the next episode. Thanks for listening.